You're listening to Bloom in Tech with David Bloom. This podcast sponsored by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bloom in Tech. I'm your host, David Bloom. Every episode, we pick through the rubble of the collision of media, entertainment, and technology to see what sort of bits of gold, what little nuggets of interest we can glean for our erudition and elucidation. I'm so happy you could join me once again. Uh, this has been a busy week for me. Monday started with Apple and its annual Worldwide Developers Conference, where they rolled out just a prodigious amount of different uh, announcements. It was kind of tough wading through it all and trying to figure out what really mattered. I think I got some stuff that really resonates, though, because it seems to me that Apple really is doubling down on privacy and doubling down on moving away from the World Wide Web. It started, at least the key parts to me, when Apple executive Craig Federighi had a little fun with the audience. Thousands of developers arrayed before him at the San Jose Convention Center. He said, maybe iTunes should add a calendar function or contacts. How about a doc? Heck, they'd already tried a social media component multiple times, but he didn't mention that. Anyway, Federighi was just teasing. Indeed, Apple used the opening session at WWDC to confirm the rumors. Apple is chopping up its oversized, long, bloating content management app into three sleek and focused successors, music, Apple TV, and Apple Podcasts. The company also launched technology to allow companies to quickly convert their mobile apps for desktop use and continued laying bets that more privacy will be more attractive to many customers. All these moves likely will shake up the way millions of people use their computers, phones, tablets, and the Internet as a whole. The shifts also might reduce some of the worst online mayhem we face as Apple tries to move its 100 million Mac OS users away from the browser-driven wild, wild west. Uh, actually, we should call it the World Wide Web to be pleasant, but they're both three W's, and I think wild, wild west is probably more accurate. Move from there to a more orderly place that looks more like the app-driven iOS world. But let's first talk about that post-iTunes era that's arriving this fall. The program launched in 2001 alongside the iPod to rip, mix, burn all the random MP3s people were acquiring through means legal and otherwise. This was the era of recordable CDs, Napster, jukebox software, rampant piracy, and few legal options for accessing digital music. In technology years, iTunes crawled out of the primordial muck and mire of media and the equivalent of the mid-Cretaceous. In dog years, this faithful Fido would almost certainly be dead. Children born the same year that iTunes launched are getting out of high school this month. Like them, it's time we graduated. Over the past 18 years, Apple has added podcasts, sales of audiobooks, video and music, rental of films and TV shows, iPhone and iPad management, and finally, the Apple Music subscription service. The technical term for the result is, quote, an unholy mess, unquote. The iOS side of iTunes has already been to the chop shop. A TV app keeps adding content and functionality, preparing for the day that it will feature Apple's long-gestating TV Plus subscription service, show recommendations, third-party subscription channels, and whatever is left of that business of buying or renting one show at a time. How blockbuster 2001 is that? 
There's also already a SoSo podcast mobile app that will benefit from continued attention. I, for one, am a supporter of that, thanks to the fact that about half my audience finds these podcasts on iTunes. And earlier this year, Apple added the News Plus subscription service on top of enhancing its existing news apps for mobile and desktop. The podcast app will add one interesting new capability. You'll be able to search podcasts by quote, title, topic, guest, host, and more, unquote, according to the Apple website. Machine learning AI systems will analyze the audio content in the service's 700,000 episodes to generate the search results. Opposition researchers in politics could have a field day with this, but more generally, we'll be able to find all kinds of content and the audio side that we never really had access to before. And I think this is going to be really interesting about where that goes as podcasts take off and grow. Apple also continues to preview the arcade cross-platform subscription game service, though it will join TV Plus in slipping its scheduled debut to fall. Arcade is another way Apple's pushing subscriptions, smearing mobile and desktop boundaries, and converting our computer space into an appy, happy place. On the privacy side, Apple's creating its own login system for third-party apps, similar to what Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter already do for many apps. Except, unlike those social media giants, logging on through the Apple system still, quote, respects your privacy, unquote, the website promises. If it undercuts the increasingly creepy and invasive data tracking out there, it can't come soon enough. Other privacy-minded iOS changes will control access to photo location data, allow one-time data access authorizations, and more protections against those who want to track your data without permission. There's even a new function to securely store security camera footage captured through the Home app on Apple's iCloud service iPads are getting their own operating system, imaginatively titled iPad OS. Don't know where they came up with that one. It's a tablet-specific spinoff of iOS, but importantly, many of its new functions will make iPads an even more functional alternative to traditional desktop computers, even down to 32 new key combinations for add-on keyboards. I find this fascinating. More generally, Apple is trying to push us to something that looks more like the iOS world, so now they're even doing the iPad as computer replacement in a more serious way. They had a lot of other things that they rolled out and that are tied to improvements to the iPad that are possible through its specialized OS, and I think it'll be fascinating to see whether that, in fact, becomes more and more of an alternative to the PC. The other important step Apple announced will happen under the hood. It is launching software that makes it quick and easy for companies to convert their iOS apps to run on Macs, most specifically their iOS apps from iPad. Testimonials during the show from Twitter, Atlassian, and other companies suggested the conversions take just a few days' work and will allow developers to basically simultaneously create for both platforms with few extra resources needed. With more than a million iOS apps, I don't know what the total is for uh, iPad because these will be ones that are uh, already built for the horizontal screen and the uh, side-by-side content displays that iPad and Macs share. But CEO Tim Cook dryly noted that perhaps some of those apps might also make good desktop apps. I think, yes, they might. I, in fact, have a list of candidates as long as my very long forearm to start with. 
It's easy to imagine thousands of new programs flooding the Mac App Store with low-cost, powerful tools to edit photos and video, create music and art, develop websites, learn new skills, perform productivity tasks, and probably most importantly from a revenue standpoint, play games. The change could create significant downward price pressure on giants such as Adobe and Microsoft, whose desktop tools cost a lot more than their mobile ones do. More importantly, however, it will likely spur at least a modest shift away from browser-based programs to self-contained apps. An app-based approach, particularly combined with what's going on on iPad OS, will complicate the lives of third-party data trackers, advertisers, hackers, and others trying to wedge themselves into our machine and minds, particularly through our browsers. At least among users of Apple's 1.4 billion devices, those with savvy and financial wherewithal could soon have even more ways to insulate themselves from the web's worst abuses. If so, great. Companies such as Google and Facebook aren't going to clean up their mess by themselves. Privacy undercuts their existential business models, and I just don't think it's going to happen. If Apple's users on all platforms can turn even a little bit further away from the abuses that have made the web so vexing in recent years, maybe we can start to build a worthwhile alternative to the surveillance capitalism that's taken over tech since iTunes debuted so long ago. I'd like that. Anyway, that's my thoughts out of uh, yesterday's big shindig. I guess it goes on all week in uh, San Jose. There's lots going on. I'll be at the Produced By conference this weekend, and I have another podcast coming out featuring Lucy Fisher and Gail Berman ahead of that. They are key people in the uh, Producers Guild of America, which is the sponsoring organization behind Produced By, and they have a lot to talk about in terms of where production has come and where it's going in these last many years. They're among some of the most prominent production executives in Hollywood. If you like my show, please rate, review, and share it in the most positive, wonderful fashion you can possibly muster. That will help me with the magic algorithm box, and God knows I need all the help I can get. You also, if you like the show a lot, there is a supporter function that Anchor, which hosts my stuff across 10 platforms, enables, and you can throw a few bucks into the till and help keep this uh, crazy show going. Finally, there is also a a capability to leave me a voice message, so please do. Tell me what you thought was interesting out of the Apple presentation. Were there things that caught your ear or eye? Are there things that you're excited about, like that spectacular-looking Mac Pro with its uh, unbelievable stats and uh, the incredible display that will pair up with it? I uh, may also have a podcast coming up with a conversation I had with Grant Petty, who is the CEO of Black Magic Design. They were mentioned in particular during the presentation yesterday as a company doing hardware and software that worked closely with Apple in the development of the Mac Pro. He is hugely excited about what it all means. I'd like to hear from you. If you're in Hollywood, what does this technology do for you? In the meantime, I hope all of you are doing great. I hope all of you are having a wonderful week, and I look forward to hearing from you and running into you out on the Houstings and talking more about all the things that are happening in this world where media technology and entertainment are colliding so furiously. This is David Bloom, and this is Bloom in Tech, over and out. You've been listening to Bloom in Tech. I am your host, David Bloom. Thanks so much. And our podcast has been sponsored in this episode by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Take care, everyone. Thank you.